Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 321 of the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. With me again this week, the author of The Big 50, The Men and Moments That Made the Cincinnati Reds, Chris Garber. How are you today, Chris? Hello, boys and girls. This is Chris Garber calling. I'm glad to have you uh, after a couple of uh, technical difficulties getting this thing started. We'll try to get this thing completed. Chris, uh, are you still... Are you still batting, have the hat, have the hatches battened down? I'm trying to use a, a term that I'm really not familiar with, actually, there. Oh, well, we're going to have a nautical episode. <laughs> no, oh, no, damn. we're not. No, we're not. Gangway. <laughs> Swab the decks and clear for action. At some point, we will work in the term poop deck, I think, but that will be completely unrelated to, uh, to uh, nautical terms. Uh, so, you know, things are kind of quiet here, but let me tell you what I did today before we get into the topic of the, of the, the podcast. I'm in a terrible mood because today I have, in addition to working, I have played uh, nine holes of golf and I have done my taxes. And I, in every single one of those activities made me irate. <laughs> None of those worked out for you, huh? <laughs> Not a good day, man. Not a good day. That stinks. Well, at least you had golf weather. We had uh, 50 degrees and, and rain all day here, so... Well, it was it was a little cool, but uh, but at least the rain held off, so I did get out and, and hit a few, hit, hit quite a few actually. I get more strokes for my money than than anyone else. <laughs> I say the same thing. I tell those guys, I'm like, look, I'm gonna hit the, I'm gonna hit an awful lot of times out here to get my money worth. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I talked to a, a pro one time, and got some lessons, and he told me my problem was that I was standing too close to the ball after I hit it. <laughs> I, I didn't think that was appropriate. Uh, that's not good coaching. No, no, that's not. Uh, you know, um, I, I once played in a in a, a golf pro am, kind of like a, a minor league pro am, and because they needed some they needed some guys to fill a to fill the tournament out, so I just went in there as kind of a, a spot filler, and I'm really bad. And uh, the pro we were playing with was, was the whole time he was he's, he was working to get back to kind of the PGA Tour level, so he was kind of working, and, and we didn't bother him very much, and. Uh, about the fifteenth hole, he comes over to watch my buddy and I hit a couple shots, and I hit a beautiful drive down the middle, the best drive I hit in weeks. And uh, I get out my three wood, which I can't hit, and uh, he's standing right next to me, and uh, he, I hit this three wood, and I did something that, uh, well, it's something I do quite a bit, which is I completely top the ball. And it went down into the ground, made a hole in the ground where it was sitting, and then backed up about a foot and a half behind where it started. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I'd actually seen this before. <laughs> but uh, the guy I was playing with, who's a guy named Aaron Baddeley, who's a you oh, know yeah. All, yeah, longtime tour pro from uh, Australia, he looks and he just kind of shakes his head and he says, well, mate, I, I've never seen that in a golf course before. <laughs> That's a, well. You, listen, that's that's something to be I'm proud of. I think. Right, yeah, you know, I guess I'm going to take that as a as a badge of honor. <laughs> I guess I've uh, stumped the pro with a shot so bad that he'd never seen it before. Oh, so. we could fill an entire hour of uh, stories like this, which we will not do. But I will say this: the last time I hit a green in regulation, the green had a windmill behind it. Little <laughs> little, little miniature golf uh, joke there, Chris Cover. All I right, like it. go ahead. 
Oh, you, I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna add another uh, funny golf anecdote. Oh no, no, I just I like that one. Oh, okay. I enjoy, right. I enjoy uh, mini golf jokes. <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's talk baseball. And, and and the focus for this, we're gonna get a little crazy. I think maybe at the end of it. But first, I want to talk about some of the plans for opening baseball. Now, uh, last week's episode of the podcast, I, I made a one hundred percent guarantee that there will be baseball in twenty twenty. <laughs> uh, tell me what how, why I'm wrong, Chris. <laughs> Are you are you like that guy in that picture sitting with a table? <laughs> yes. A sign in front of you? Right. I'm exactly that guy, whoever he is. You know, I, I'm sorry to digress, but that I hope people know what we're talking about. It's kind of a common internet meme with a... Change my mind or something? Yeah, change my mind. I don't know. Some guy sitting in a in a college quad, it looks like, with a, a challenge for open debating. But uh, <clears throat> that reminded me when, when Jim... Uh, Jim uh, uh, Jim Bowden fired Tony Perez so early in the, what, 1993 season? Three? 93, yes. Yeah, like 17 games in or whatever. This uh, this guy I knew who was from Cincinnati took a, car, a folding card table out to the, the college green at uh, Ohio University campus <laughs> and a sign. <laughs> yeah. And he sat down just like that guy did with a, you know, Jim Bowden must go bring back Tony Perez. Uh sign a placard that he had developed that is fantastic i thought it was something else i was like you know i don't have any poster board in my college dorm room but but you thought ahead and uh, <laughs> and, and you know, met a lot met, met a lot of met a lot of girls that night i'll oh, tell you you know you were a big reds fan at that time and you just weren't as committed to the cause as this guy no i wasn't i wasn't that was kind of in my a little bit of distance period from baseball and for myself yeah, well, we're having a little bit of a different kind of distance from baseball, and uh, so I, I put a one hundred percent on it. What uh, what percent do you give that we're going to have baseball this year? Sorry, uh, uh, I don't think it's one hundred percent, but I, I think we're going to have something. I think uh, you know, I, I just don't think the current situation can last forever. I I think we're going to have to get comfortable with with discomfort and comfortable with uncertainty um, as time goes on. I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to tell you that professional baseball is the most important thing, but uh, I, I don't think we can grind the planet to a halt for, for nine months. I, I think something's going to give here and there. So hopefully baseball will be one of the things we can do. Right, yeah. And, of course, you know we're assuming that it's going to be some different uh, type of baseball than we've ever seen before. And we're going to talk about how much different it, it could get. But I, I do want to talk about some of the scenarios that are out there. And uh, Doug Gray and I talked about one of them last week, which was the – and I'll just ask your opinion on that first, the kind of three state plan where they'd have, I don't know, three different leagues, essentially one in Arizona, one in Florida, one in Texas and, uh, and play games just in those sites, like at spring training stadiums and in Florida, I guess we'd minor league stadiums and, um, and just have, you know, teams in these three locations. So you can kind of, yeah, quarantine's not the right word, but you can limit, uh, limit uh, access, I guess a little bit. What were your thoughts about that plan? Well, I. Uh... <laughs> I just don't think it's real practical to, to to basically ship these players off to to some place they don't live for multiple months at a time to to play baseball. I, that that seems unlikely to me that 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 they're going to be able to do that. I think if I don't know, I guess you rule nothing out, but that just feels a little. I feel like some kind of games based in the home stadium is probably going to be necessary. I think. And that was one of the plans that was tossed out this week. Yeah, the Arizona-Florida-Texas plan, it kind of seems, we've heard a whole bunch of things thrown out. 
And it's like, well, let's throw everything against the wall and we'll agree on something. Hopefully, uh, hopefully something will stick and we'll have, uh, we'll have baseball. But it seems to me like that was one that, well, you know, why don't we just do it here? And I, I think the logistics of that are way more difficult than what came out this week. Let me, uh, let me read a little bit from a, a Ken Rosenthal piece and then from uh, Bob Nightingale, USA Today, Bob Nightingale, not, not little Bobby. Um, who's doing a good job as the beat writer for the Reds, uh, the Inquirer. But Ken Rosenthal's piece says, Those involved at the sport's highest levels are increasingly confident games will be played in 2020, but league officials trying to remain flexible amid the ever-shifting landscape of the pandemic have yet to determine how, when, and where that would happen. Most realistic time range for opening day, somewhere between mid-June and July 4th, in the view of most officials, would allow for an 80-100 to 100 game regular season with the schedule running through October. How do you feel about an 80 to 100 game regular season beginning, say, July 4? I'll take it. Yeah. That's what my, I, my first thought. Yeah. I, I'll take anything. You know, I saw I saw a thing going around today at some kind of, I don't know what state it was from, but it was the, the youth baseball rules that they were going to have to play by in this particular state. And it was like, the catcher has to be six feet behind home plate and the umpire is behind second base and there's no leading off and no holding runners and all this stuff. And, and I'm watching this social media commentary. People are getting all bent out of shape. I was like, man, it's baseball. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's better than what we're got now. Really? You're going to stand on principle and say that, you know, if, if you don't get 162 games, you're not interested or, or you're, you know, if, if I, you know, I saw people getting all wound up about the idea of seven inning double headers. Right. And I thought, you know, first off they did that. Major league baseball did quite a bit like that in the, the you know pre pre lighted stadiums era and even pre uh, pre television, uh, so you know what you see and what you're used to is not the only way to do it. And, and again, if there's ever a time that we have to think outside the box just to get some kind of baseball, it, it's now. And if they could get 80 games, 100 games, in and then have a, a playoff system, and, and we'll talk about what system that we're talking about in a moment. But I, when I when I sort of heard that that, that talk. And again, I'm overly optimistic about it. That's why I said 100%. But that seemed like uh, pretty reasonable, pretty reasonable to me. Uh, Bobby Knight or Bob Nightingale, he's basically said some of the same things. But he had a, a specific plan um, that was given according to three executives with knowledge of talks of the talks between the players and, and Major League Baseball officials that would have it uh, starting no later than July 2nd and playing at least 100 regular season games. And what they put together was. A three divi- three division, easy for me to say, ten team plan. So basically, you have three separate divisions, and teams only play within their division. So three leagues essentially. And uh, Nightingale says this is a concept gaining support amongst owners and executives. So what you do is you, you realign the divisions for one year based on geography, and then uh, and then just play the teams in your division. So you'd have games against nine other teams essentially. So, uh, did you see, did you see that plan? And uh, I did. And I was, I mean, I like that one better as, as being a Reds fan. I like that one a lot better than the one that had us with, uh, with the Dodgers. Right. Yeah, definitely. And that like, like Dodgers and Astros and, uh, 27 Yankees and the Reds, I think was the division. Uh, I, I don't quite understand the travel thing. I, I, I mean, if, if, is it, is the idea that they're going to be playing shorter series because the, the the Reds fly on a chartered plane, yeah. Like it doesn't really matter. They're not at any more risk, health wise or anything else, going to Los Angeles than they are going to St. Louis. 
So I, I don't uh, – maybe it, they can cut down on off days if they don't have long trips and maybe they can squeeze more games in. I, I really didn't quite get the – the, the angle of why geography was important. Did you know? No, no. My only guesses were, uh, like you said, um, in terms of uh, fewer off days, and so keeping the, the trips shorter would be a, a big thing because they're going to try to pack in as many games as they can. And and also, uh, I would not be surprised if just travel costs. I imagine there's some extra cost to flying uh, to Kansas City instead of going to Los Angeles okay. a bunch of times. So, you know, maybe they're, maybe they're safe a little bit there. That's, you know. That's fair. I don't know. That's one of the things I can think of. Yeah, I, I am completely not thinking about how how the business side of this and how these teams are trying to to uh, lose the least amount of money possible, I guess, on this season. What was interesting about this plan, though, is something you said earlier, which is they're going to be playing, teams will be playing in their home stadium. Now, how many fans they'll have? Maybe none, uh, initially at least, certainly. Um, that That's all to be ironed out. But I, lo- I love the idea of playing in the home stadiums. And I, I, I don't care about one season of not having an American League and a National League because, like you said, it's it's baseball. Let's do it. I'll be in a division. Here's the teams that are in the Reds division proposed. The Cubs, White Sox, Brewers, Cardinals, Royals, Indians, Twins, Braves, and Tigers. So really, the Braves are the only good team in there. The Reds could win that division. <laughs> I know. I, know. <laughs> I, I was like, ooh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> and maybe, maybe we can still get them to trade the Pirates back for the – the uh, Braves, yeah, just keep it the central divisions, yeah, because because all the others are are just the the two divisions sandwiched together, and for some reason they decided that Atlanta was a better travel fit than than Pittsburgh. So, which I guess I mean, make, kind of makes sense if you look at well, I don't know. Yeah, actually. I mean it, it is a little farther west, but I don't know. That's a a long standing fight, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would love to. Let's just go straight AL Central and NL Central. Get, get yeah. rid of the Braves. Give us the Pirates, man. The Reds are be sitting pretty in that division. I like it. Yeah. All right. So shall it be done. But, uh, but I, you know, that could work, I guess. Do you really think that people are going to object to a 100-game season with three divisions or three leagues that we've never seen before? Do you really think there's going to be a lot of whining and complaining about it? Well, yes. There will absolutely be a lot of whining and complaining because that – Statement is true about anything in the world. That's a good point. That's a good point. Maybe, maybe Vin Scully, but other than that, people whine and complain about ice cream, about pizza. That's a good point. They, so yeah, they'll be whining and complaining, but I think people. I don't think Major League Baseball cares about the whining and complaining. Right. I think there'll be plenty think, of us that'll be excited. I think Major League Baseball cares about doing whatever it can to get as much product on television. With you know, with the consent of the players' union, then I think that's it. Yeah, I, I think that's the key to all this. Uh, they're going to be willing to sacrifice games with fans um, at the at the altar of getting games on television because I believe the the real motivating factor is getting enough games in to have a viable postseason, so that they can say that justify the the big money that they're charging for the postseason games, right? I think that's it. Yeah, yeah, that seems that seems right. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know. 100 games would be way more than I expected uh, not very long ago. And, uh, again, it's going to depend on a lot of variables, you know, uh, not just baseball variables and getting the players to agree to, to things, but, you know, approval of, uh, you know, medical experts that the, the league is uh, is retaining and uh, availability of testing, things like that, you know. So uh, there are a lot yeah, of things yeah. that go into it. But. Well, you know, an interesting thing about the television um, – I've got a friend uh, from my hometown who works on uh, 
you know, on the crew for, for the, the production crew for sporting events. And uh, it's interesting. What, a couple of things I've learned about since everything shut down. One, those are freelance people. They're really, they get paid per day and they don't really work for the team or the net or the network. Uh, but the other thing is, you know, they reminded me that they're basically sitting in a can in a, in a steel can with like seven other people mm, in yeah. one of those trailers uh, producing those, the broadcasts. And so, you know, we think about all the different essential employees that have to, to, to make these things work. Uh, the television broadcast is an interesting, an interesting, interesting thing. It's not quite as simple as two guys up in a booth and, uh, you know, seven cameramen scattered across the stadium. They're right. There are people there. There's kind of weak, weak links in that system, just like there are in all, everywhere else. So ho- hopefully they'll find out, a, find a way to, uh, to, to make that work. You know, I, my, my understanding is during, you know, cold and flu season stuff gets passed around pretty, pretty intensely in those production trucks. And I wonder if this will be like in so many different areas of American life, an opportunity to kind of reset things and, and reconfigure how something like that, like television broadcasts are, are actually produced. If there's a better way to do it or a, you know, I mean, the flu's always going around. Not, yeah, to, not yeah. to compare this to the flu, but I mean, just say it. You know, is there a better way to do that anyway? Maybe it'll cause people to, to reconfigure their thinking around. This is the way we've always done it, but maybe there's a better way to do it. Right. The uh, you know, I'm a I'm a big uh, movie movie guy, movie fan, and there's a real conversation right now because the Oscars just announced that they're gonna you know for this year only they're gonna accept movies that debuted on streaming. They didn't go into a theater because of all this. And, uh, you know, frankly, what the, what's happened is theaters are going to be going bankrupt in the, in the near future because this uh, this Trolls movie made $100 million on, uh, you know, debuting a video on demand, basically. And so the studios are realizing, well, this is actually may work going forward for certain types of movies anyway. And uh, I expect in five years we're not going to have most movies other than just the, you know, big uh, franchise stuff are the only things that you can justify putting in a theater. It's all going to be, uh, you know, Netflix and and streaming. So, uh, lots of, lots of different, I kind of digress there, but lots of different places are going to have to rethink things. And you wonder if it'll have any lasting effects on, on baseball, on the game. Do, do you, do you see, is, is it too hard to predict that? I guess. I think it's too hard to predict, but I was surprised to uh, see a headline. I didn't read the article, but it, it said something in the effect of, uh, professional sports teams and stadium owners were, were consulting architects on how to, social distance in their in their stadium and i thought i thought are you talking about for one year or is this a i got the again the impression i got from the headline was this is like a a permanent a permanent thing and i thought i don't know how you could do that i really don't i mean it's one thing to you know throw up some plexiglass every four seats or something but uh, i don't know how you unless you reduce the stadiums to you know eight thousand seats or something Right, right. And and it, that feels like a really dumb, I mean, I know this is a, a big crisis, but I, I'm very confident that it's going to pass and that human beings will be allowed to gather in large numbers again at some point in the future. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. You, you wonder if there are going to be drastic changes that aren't necessary. I don't know, because we've lived with, uh, with uh, nothing like this, certainly in our lifetimes, but um, people are going to have to live together. There are a lot of people on this planet. <laughs> right, right. So... Anyway, I want to I want to talk about some of the possible uh, things that have been thrown out and, and get your take on uh, how you feel about any of that. I think you and I are kind of the same. I'll take just about any of it if it means we're going to get uh, baseball. But but let's talk about a few of them. The first thing I want to mention is because it kind of fits in with what we were just talking about. 
in terms of things that could stick around. If they do this three league concept that we just talked about, there's going to be the universal designated hitter in all those leagues. And I believe that once they do that, we will always have the designated hitter. That's my opinion. What are your thoughts on that? I was thinking the same thing. I, I do. Um, apologies to Michael Lorenzen, but I think that once that bridge is crossed, we're not going to turn back and go go back across it. Now, I'm anti-designated hitter. Always have been. Always will be. I just, you know, I'm just going to be that guy on the DH. I'll you can change anything else you want, but I'm never going to like it. But uh, I, you know, put up with it in my son's games for his entire life, <laughs> and so I, you know, I'll deal with it in Major League Baseball as well. But I just I, you know, once you cross that bridge, we're not going back. Um, expanded postseason at neutral. This is something that Nightingale said. Expanded postseason at neutral sites with World Series being late November or early December. Now, expanded postseason. I don't know what that means. Uh, he, and he didn't. Uh, uh, why would you need to expand the postseason? I, I can't imagine why you would. I mean, you can have the same number of teams. Just, you're drawn from different. Uh, I don't know how you would work that out. Actually, maybe each uh, division would have huh, three. Would, no, you're right. There would have to be three. something. Yeah. I don't know. What are they normally eight? Uh, who knows? I don't, I've never watched the playoffs. <laughs> I've heard of them. No, yeah, and you're right, though. There's no way to do a wild card. Right. Because the teams are playing completely separate schedules. So you take the top two from each? I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess you you could do 12. Maybe that. Maybe that's why it is expanded. Maybe it's four from each division, and uh, you know the bottom. You still have to pick four team. You still have to pick a team. You still have to yeah. t- treat a team differently from one division than from another. Right, right. Based on unfair criteria, but again, live with it. Right, That's exactly. With all these things we're going to talk about, it's you know live with it. Um, but what what do you think about the idea of uh, of neutral site games for the playoffs? Well, well, I mean, I guess if a couple things, um, if the ballpark's empty, who cares? One, one empty parks, the you know, empty of fans. Right. You know, one's the same, but it's a necessity. If they're going to be playing in, in, a, you know, in November, you're, you can't count on being able to play a, a home game in Cincinnati, Cleveland, Chicago, Minnesota. Yeah. It, it's one where if they're going to be fans there, you know, teams aren't going to be uh, pouring into uh, Tropicana Field to see the, uh, the you know the Reds and the I don't know Twins. But uh, if there, and if there's no fans, I'm the same. Who cares? If there are fans, I'm going to hate that. Uh, hey, we get a chance to be in the playoffs and I can't go. <laughs> yeah. <know? laughs> Finally, the Reds get back to the playoff. But uh, that's probably if you if especially if you're going to talk about early December. I mean, how do you play in? Uh, well, Minnesota. They made the playoffs last year, and they they they're staying. They don't have a roof, I don't think. Not anymore. Yeah, it's just outdoors. So it's a nice looking stadium. You know, I was in Minneapolis uh, last April. I was kind of hoping they had a game there, but they were out of town. I was going to go watch a game. Do you, <laughs> do you know why I was in Minneapolis? I I really I know you want me to ask why were you in <laughs> Minneapolis in in early April of uh, 2019? Oh, to watch the two time defending national champions now. The University of Virginia Cavaliers win the repeat. Another congratulations on that repeat. I know, man. It was so easy this year. A lot easier than last year. So, okay, yeah, neutral sites again. I'm going to be bummed out if there are Reds playoff games and I can't be there. But then on the other hand, the Reds will be in the playoffs and I'll still be fine. 
um, expanded rosters. They're probably, if they're going to try to compress a season, going to have to expand the rosters. And I think that's probably going to get the Players Association on board with a lot of these changes, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I think so. I, I think that's uh, th- I think that's the key. Um, give them you know more jobs because I, I still don't quite understand what's going on with with salaries. Are are the players? I know they're going to get. I think they're going to get like a prorated. I think that's the plan right now. But are they also maybe even going to cut it down from that? Did I hear that? I imagine that the owners are going to try to do that. I haven't seen that that's the case, but. I don't know. That that's going to be probably the key point. Yeah, the the other thing to think about and and I uh I really hope this doesn't happen, but if if the minor league uh schedule is is greatly curtailed or or, or there are no minor league games at all this year, I, I think teams are going to have have to have, you know, that I mean, how many players normally play in a major league roster in a season? 35, 40? That's part of the average, yeah. So the 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 clubs are going to have to find a way to keep those guys in shape and sharp and and ready to compete if there's an injury at the major league level. So I don't know how that would work either. If there's kind of a a practice squad like you have in professional football or or some kind of a you know they they get to or or it's like hockey where they have a, a roster of. 30 and they have to activate 26 on any given night or, or yeah, that's I don't what, know what. That's what I was going to suggest, hockey or, or, or soccer, uh, European soccer, where, you know, you you got this roster that's a, a larger size, but you got to name who your, who your starters and your subs, basically. What do they have a name? I bet they have a goofy name for that, don't oh, they? I wish I knew what, it, what, what the name was, but I'm sure they do. They've got a goofy name for everything. And, well, soccer, they need a lot of guys because I've seen some of those injuries. I mean, I saw this guy <laughs> and he just went down. Like he was I, shot. I, I think he was. I think he's dead. I mean, it was weird because the other guy just kind of grazed him walking <laughs> past. But I, it didn't look it, as bad as it, yeah, as, as it actually was. Yeah, it's rough, rough over there. <laughs> you know, I love soccer. I absolutely adore it, but that wears me out. I, I can't argue with that one. All right. So the reason you need expanded rosters, though, is for uh, because they're probably going to have to squeeze in more double headers. And there's some suggestions that the the players' association would be unhappy with more double headers because they've consistently bargained fewer double headers into the into the schedule but again if you're getting more roster spots i can't imagine the uh the player association be too upset about that especially if we're talking about you know dropping it down to seven inning games and i really don't you've already addressed that I, that's one i can't get worked up over two seven inning double headers make it more complete, complete games who knows yeah yeah maybe or maybe you just get three inning starts i don't know <laughs> right yeah who knows um what about the, uh, you know, they've already started doing this in uh, some leagues, and you probably see this in some of the, the travel baseball, I know we certainly do, is extra innings, you start a runner on second, uh, what do they call that, the uh, international rules or something? I, I, they some call kind of... it horse manure. Uh, <laughs> that's what, that's what I really don't hope they don't do. I mean, I'd re- honestly, I'd rather them have ties. Well, that was a suggestion, too. Uh, ties or, after 10 innings, have home run derby. Yeah, <laughs> to win the game. Yeah. Like I, maybe or maybe like like hockey, uh, you just start taking players off the field every inning. Oh, now that would be good. One just re- remove a fielder every inning. Oh, talk about the strategy we involved there. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, you end up some sort of king in his court scenario going on in the 18th inning. Right, right. You know, you get uh, you got Adam Dunn coming up next inning. So you, you can't take him out. You know, I'm trying to think of right. a corollary for Adam Dunn. Uh, you know, some lumbering outfielder. Oh no, maybe they maybe he still gets to hit. 
You just have to take away a, a fielder. Right, but I'm saying maybe, oh, so you, oh, so you keep your lineup intact. Yeah. Remove yeah. a fielder every, oh man, I'm starting to love this. We, yeah. we need to figure this one out. It's kind of like you get like that uh, that 1986 Reds-Mets game where Jesse Roscoe was yeah. flipping back and forth and you just, you know, whatever it is, I don't know. Uh, well, there Lorenzo would be uh, helpful because maybe you could, yeah. pitch, I don't know, pitch him and then, uh, you know. What do you do? Do you take away? Do you take away the, the left fielder, or do you, you go without a third baseman? It's fascinating. <laughs> it is fascinating. I, uh, we need to figure that one out because that would be fun. And that's some of these things. You know, the home run derby is kind of a silly suggestion I saw made, but things like that would probably bring a little bit uh, of excitement back to baseball that you've not had. And we're talking about getting a little crazy, but I think people would enjoy that. Uh, I do too. You know, so I read something, and I, I mean, it was Joe Sheehan or something was talking about about tiebreakers and, and, and home run derby, not being quote unquote baseball, you know, and that's why he, whoever this was, they didn't like it because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a form of the game, even a, a bastardized form to, to break a tie. And I thought that's an interesting point. So that's where I guess I got the idea. I guess, but I don't, whatever. Uh, I want to talk about some more of those crazy uh, ideas, but first, what about this idea? I, I, I occurred to me today. If we limit the, the the season down to you know eighty games, or, or somebody even suggests sixty, I think Trevor Bauer said this week he thought that even if they could only get sixty, and they'd still, he thought that was about the number for a full season. And uh, would there be more drama if it's in terms of it being a shorter season because you'd have more teams that you you know <laughs> you would think in the in the race and a lot more crazy outcomes because you know. The Reds have played good for sixty games in the past. You know? Yeah, well, I think that's right. So I think I think you know, uh, the the fans and everybody would be freaking out. Like you lose you lose three in a row, and now you're like, this is really a big deal now. Yeah, yeah but uh, yeah, I, I'm sorry. Where my head went to was uh, was just listening to a certain an- announcer belabor this point about the importance of every single game. Oh my goodness, he would just. Love it. I don't know who you're talking about, but yeah, I'm sure that some announcer Steve somewhere. Steve Fiziak. <laughs> Steve Fiziak. Gary Thorne would, uh, no, maybe want somebody else. So so that was the question. You know, we have this pretty active uh, Slack channel uh, for our Patreon subscribers. Uh, Patreon.com slash RedLegRadio. Go there and you can you can join the conversation there if you want. But um, And the question essentially was from our guy Joe Farsing was, should an abridged season happen like what like we're talking here? Or should they blow it up for one season and have fun with it? And and he suggested some crazy uh, ideas. And uh, but I want and I'll talk about some of those. But I want you, I want your opinion on what should they just do something crazy for one season to try to get people back into the game? And and uh, here here's what he said. He said uh, things like uh, robot umps and requiring pitchers to use a bullpen cart to enter games and <laughs> l- letting hitters try to steal first. <laughs> you know. Just, <laughs> Just something crazy, you know, um, about changing the game. And I'm going to actually read what else he wrote. Um, I would also embrace coordinating with the MLBPA, just letting players have fun. If the entire season is going to be played at neutral sites, then why not let the teams redraft themselves fantasy style? Pick a representative from uh, each team as captain, then go from there. Nobody's going to look at the World Series champ as legitimate, considering the completely effed up situation, so why pretend... (laughs) Seems like a great way to build goodwill between league and players ahead of next offseason's expected negotiations. Now, the the first part of that is, I think I think this year's World Series champ will be legitimate. I, I think I don't think anybody's we're going to look back and say, "Oh, it was a crazy season." Yes, but 
you know, they're going to play seven games against another really good team. Yeah. And there will be a, you know, if it were 1992, there would be a great VHS tape developed of it. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be legitimate. What do you think about this idea though, of just doing something crazy? I, so here, I think if they can't get 60 games, then go for it or whatever the number is, right. you know, but I, I look, a lot of this is because the reds are going to be good <laughs> yeah, and, and I don't, and, and they got a bunch of good guys on one year contracts and I don't want to we'll lose that if there's any way not to. So it, it is fantasy draft idea. I agree. No, we, we finally have a team we like. Yeah. Yeah. Do that. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, a bunch of crazy stunts would be cool, uh, but not nearly as good as an actual baseball season, even a short season. Right. I mean, it, I mean, it's, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, 60 games is, is a, is more than a college season. Yeah. And that, you know, those feel like real baseball seasons and they feel like, you know, the college world series feels like a real championship tournament. So, if you get somewhere in that nature of in that number of games, almost a half season, I say go for it. But yeah, if it gets to be August one and they haven't started playing anything, then then maybe you do just make it a, a novelty tour. But I don't know why players are gonna go get hurt and risk it and why they're gonna bother. Yeah, yeah. It's fun to think about, but I mean if you can't get, you know, sixty games or something, I I could see some kind of round robin or, you know, something to a uh, different way to, to approach things. But if you can get at least 60 to 80, I think you can play that and, and still have at least some form of the playoffs that will result in two, uh, you know, two league championship series, quote unquote, and uh, world series. Uh, and, and I think if they do that, uh, everybody's going to look back at this in 20 years and think, oh my goodness, what a crazy summer that was. But yeah, that's a, it's an anecdote, I guess. But I like some of these ideas. Um, Requiring pitchers to use a bullpen card to enter games, I think that should be mandatory anyway. I believe. Uh, yeah, that's 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 not even a debate. That should be in place already. What, what happened to bullpen cards? Where'd they go? <laughs> I don't know. I somewhere online the other day I saw a picture of a, a Bob Hope's customized bullpen oh, cart. Did you that. see that? Yes, that was fantastic. It was it was something else. It had like for those of you who haven't seen it, it has like a like a giant fiberglass. Bob Hope chin <laughs> jutting out in front of it, like a like the prow of a ship. <laughs> and a big pointy nose, too, yeah. Yeah. And I, and well, you know what it also made me think about was uh, was the fact that it appeared to be a three-wheeled golf cart. Mm-hmm. And I had completely forgotten that those things uh, existed, because it seems like probably one of the worst ideas. <laughs> and we're back to golf. But yeah, go Google Bob Hope golf cart. It's really an amazing uh, contraption. He really leaned into that uh, <laughs> that uh, unique look that he had, I guess. Yeah, well, he's something. <laughs> he was he was something. Uh, let's answer a few viewer mail questions. You want to? Sure. I don't have any choice, do I? <laughs> well, yeah, you've always got a choice. I'm surprised that uh, you actually chose <laughs> to join me here today. Yeah. Uh, Joe Farsing, who we've mentioned far too many times uh, already this podcast, but the first one's from him. It's his uh, typical. Uh, you're going to have to help me out on this one. He tries to come up with something clever. Favorite actor? He's going. He's he's leaning again into the uh, the, the sickness uh, vibe because of the current. Lee Marvin. <laughs> Lee Marvin. Now, hold on, I didn't get my whole question out. Obviously, oh, well, that, you said favorite actor, and that's going to be the answer. <laughs> Obviously, not Bronson Pinchot. Cousin Larry. <laughs> yeah, cousin, cousin Larry. Um, favorite actor. <sighs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. Gonorrhea Perlman. Pat Shingle. 
or Nikki Cat Scratch Fever. Now, who's Pat Shingle? Do you have any idea who that is? Is that a person, or who's he trying I'm to? I'm googling Pat Shingle right now, and is he trying to refer to somebody it's... else? Who's who's, who's the uh, actor? He's I don't know Pat Harrington, TV Schneider from One Day at a Time. <laughs> oh, maybe. Uh, I don't know. Um, I like Cheers, so I'm going to go with Rhea Perlman. All right. Well, what was the third choice? Nikki Cat Scratch Fever K A T T. Cat. He's the. Uh... The hoodlum from uh, Dazed and Confused, who who was almost out of bubblegum. What? Almost out of... Dazed and Confused? Remember that movie? I've seen it many, many times. They're at the, they're at the Moon Tower. Yeah. And uh, he, his name is oh, Clint. Oh, Clint. I just mm-hmm. looked him up and it doesn't look anything like him, but yes. Yes. Yeah, he, uh, he got into a little altercation at the Moon Tower, didn't he? Yeah, it didn't work out real good for Goldberg. <laughs> it did not work out very good. Uh, now, was he calling him a stoner? I don't, we, I don't think we ever decided whether he was actually. Uh, yeah, I, I believe I, I believe uh, Mike made an observation. Uh, but now he had a good plan, don't you think? He did. He did. That I, that really, I really did think that was going to work out for him. That <laughs> that the crowd would would break it up and get one good punch in. Yeah, and by but, that time everybody would, but it didn't. No, didn't he forgot how much high school kids like to watch a fight. <laughs> I know. I know. How many times did you, did you see people just crowded around? Or you knew you saw them crowded around you, over there, and you know, uh-oh, somebody's fighting over there. Nobody's jumping yeah. in. Yeah. Until They're the, holding people back. <laughs> right, kind of yeah. like the, uh, the college football sideline coach. Just <laughs> right, right. Arms extended. <laughs> On college basketball sidelines, too, you know, just stay back, stay back, yeah, stay back. Stay back. Oh, man, until some underpaid PE teacher wanders in, <laughs> rips them up by the scruff sure, of the neck. Yeah. Oh yeah, I saw I I saw uh, one of our uh, football coach slash gym teacher carry carry a kid by the scruff of his neck all the way to the office. <laughs> Heels were were you know like running in place kind of a deal, not even hitting the ground. It was beautiful. Oh, that's fantastic! That's fantastic. At one time on the schoolyard when I was in like sixth grade, some kid made the mistake of wearing these. You know how uh, basketball teams? I don't know if they still have these. They used to have these tearaway pants. <laughs> yeah. And some guy decided he was going to wear these uh, pair of these tearaway pants onto the schoolyard playground. And he didn't wear he didn't wear shorts under, did he? <laughs> he did not wear shorts. He did have <laughs> he did have tidy whities evidently. Yes, <laughs> as yes, the whole school saw. I've seen that once before, and <laughs> ended up with the pants hanging from the basketball rim. <laughs> Why would you not wear a pair of shorts under there? Well, he didn't do it again. <laughs> I guarantee he didn't. Oh man, buddy, might got in real trouble for that. <laughs> <laughs> How come every time you and I talk, it goes off the rails? Well, I apologize for that. Yeah, clearly your fault. Mm-hmm. Rich Thompson asks at patreon.com slash Radio if the MLB season, and some of these questions here, uh, and there's only uh, three more of them, but uh, we already talked about some of this, but let me just read them, and if there's anything else to add, we will. If the MLB season opens this season with one of the proposed regional divisional alignments where there's no National American Leagues, who would you like to see the Reds face in the World Series? Or should it even be called a World Ooh. Series under such a format? That's right. a pretty good That's question. That's weird. Yeah. The Reds are playing like the Dodgers in the World Series? Right. Right. What if it's the Reds and, you know, Cardinals or, you know. I think the Dodgers is the right answer here, though. After all the history of the Reds and yeah, Dodgers. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be really cool. To actually play in the World Series. Yeah. I mean, I don't. the Dodgers are probably the best team, so I don't really want that. I mean, I'll take the Pirates. Yeah, but I'll take anybody, right, in the All World right. Series? Yeah, but that's interesting. Uh, and, yes, it should be called a World Series. Why not? I mean, two big league teams are playing for the championship. Yeah. 
You know, I mean the Astro. Who the Astros? The Astros and Dodgers played, I guess, right? Or the Astros and right, Nationals. They, yeah, they were in the same league for a while. So, it's confusing. Yeah, I don't understand it. So, so we're going with the Dodgers on that one, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Nathan Connor asks, hash brown viewer mail. Chad, I will take baseball in any form or fashion this calendar year. Yes, whenever the window opens to play baseball safely. However, I think there is a point where it does not make sense to play a season that culminates with a World Series. What do you think is the minimum number of regular season games to feel comfortable that we are putting good te- the good teams in the playoffs? For me, I think it's around 80. Typically by midseason, we know who stinks and who's good, and that's about as good of a standard as we can hope for this year. Obviously, this leaves a lot on the table, much like 81 did. 80 games would mean regular season play would begin in July. Thoughts? Now, we've kind of already talked about that, but I, mean, I, I think I think 60 is probably the minimum number for me. Is that where you are? I would say, yeah, 60, yeah, that's fine. I mean, the, the more the better, obviously, in terms of being able to judge who the best team is. We know that short series is not a good way to to judge it, but yeah, more more is better, I guess. Yeah, I, I'm I'm sitting. I'm trying to find a way to look and see what the standings were last year after 60 games. I'm be kind of curious. That would have been what around June 1st, probably somewhere around there. Yeah. While you're looking that up, yeah, my thought was if they if we got to the point where we couldn't have at least you know 60 games, is they should figure out some way to do. Uh, well, I said round robin earlier, but really what I wanted was some kind of March Madness, where we had uh, and I've mentioned this I think on the podcast before. We take the 30 major league teams and then you take the top uh, 34 minor league teams. And you just have a March Madness bracket, man. People would be betting on this thing like and single game. Well, you could do it three games in the early rounds, or a single game in the early rounds, then three games, then maybe five games, then maybe seven for the final four, or something like that. That would be interesting. It would be fun. Yeah, it would be cool. I mean, in the absence of an actual season, uh, you know, obviously. Right, right. So, so have you found it? What do you? What? All right, let me get you to. Let's go to June fourth, June fifth. Let's say that. The teams are played 59 games, 58. All right, we'll go one more day. June 5th, the first place teams. All right, you're going to June 6th because it's D-Day. <laughs> okay, good good call. All right, so the first place teams were the Yankees, the Twins, the Astros, Phillies, Cubs and Brewers tied, and Dodgers. Other than the so, Phillies, that's just about exactly where it ended up, isn't it? I believe that's right. And then, Well, the, the Braves beat the Nationals in the division. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, the Cardinals won the division, so the Cubs faded. But it had one, and let's see. Okay, then you would have had playoff teams would have been Milwaukee and Atlanta. Would have been the wild cards. And Tampa Bay and Texas. So that didn't happen. That but, didn't. uh No, what? Tampa Bay made the wild – Tampa Bay was the wild card. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So, so one, two, three, four out of – Five teams in the American League were would have been right, and in the National League, you would have had one, only two out of two out of five, I think. And the ultimate champions would not have made it. No, the Braves, right? The Braves would have four, three out of five, right? The ultimate champions wouldn't wouldn't have made. It. They were, yeah, they started. Wow, they were six games. They were really terrible. Yeah, and that's what I worry about. That the the Nationals were a good team last year. That started really really poorly. We've seen the last couple of years the Reds start really, really poorly. What if the Reds get out to another one and nine start? And uh, you well, know, in a short season, tough luck. I know the one season here where we finally think they've got an actual chance. So well, that's interesting. Yeah. That's an interesting mm-hmm. look at it. Sorry, Nationals fans. 
<laughs> you lose in the 2019 coronavirus version. Exactly. Now, now the, let me just make sure I'm clear. The Reds would not have made the playoffs under that scenario either. Nope. Mm, unfortunate. Hooper Powell asks, Hooper's always got a question every time you're on because uh, because you and Hooper are good buddies, I know. Columbus area buddies. Yep. We're all friends in Columbus. <laughs> you know everybody in Columbus? Uh, you know, me, Hooper Powell, Paul O'Neill, the Milner family. <laughs> wow. All, only the greats. Yeah. Hooper asks, do you see playing through October and then playing the playoffs in neutral sites? Also, do do future stadiums have... Do you see future stadiums having retractable roofs? He's got another question, and uh, I'm going to answer that one because I don't really understand it. Um, so uh, we've, all, we've already answered the first question, playing through October and then playing the playoffs neutral sites. I guess he says, do you see playing it? What are the chances of it? I think that uh, that all depends on when they start the season to me. But I absolutely think it's a it's absolutely a possibility, I guess, right? Uh, yeah, I think that's right. Exactly. Uh, and do you see future stadiums having retractable roofs? No, no, no more than they would. I don't think there are that many future stadiums. You know, that's a good point. That's a good point. We've had a pretty, uh, the last, uh, two decades, there've been a lot of new stadiums open. Um, yeah, I mean, who, who needs one? I mean, I know they all pretend that, you know, probably the White Sox pretty soon will say, oh, ours is outdated, but. They're, most everybody's got one, don't they? Yeah, and I'll be honest, you know, still the best one I've been to is uh, is Camden Yards, the first of these new stadiums. I tell you what, I think is really going to happen. Not retractable roofs, but I think in probably ten years, that's my prediction. There's going to be a big push to have multi-purpose stadiums. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, maybe make them round. <laughs> exactly, Riverfront Two, Two Point Pretty good. I thought you were going to say people are going to have force fields. <laughs> force fields. <laughs> Yeah, that would be the, the novel thing. You know, you don't need a roof, but you're gonna have some sort of some sort of anti gravitational pull. I like it. I like it. Whatever. There's no way that's gonna happen because, frankly, I was expecting to have flying cars in 2020, and instead we have no baseball. Yeah, yeah. That's disgusting. All right, Chris. Um, let's see. I think that's about all I had down. Anything else you were just dying to talk about? Uh, nope. There's one thing I've uh, talked out. <laughs> good. Well, I appreciate that. I won't call you again for another couple months. Um, you know Amir Garrett? You've heard of him, right? Yeah, we're friends. Former St. John's basketball. Oh, is he from Columbus? Uh, <laughs> he played against the Clippers once, so we made we made, became friends. He's been live streaming uh, video games because he's a he's a gamer. It really yeah, dope. we've been watching it. We've been watching some. Yeah, we have a, as well. And uh, my son came to me today. My son and all his buddies have, have got this new game that they've been playing together. And I'll, I'll tell you what the game is in a moment. They've really gotten obsessed with it over the last couple of weeks because there's a group of about five, six friends they have. And, uh, you know, they, they do their gaming since they can't see each other. Um, but uh, he, came, my son came to me and said, oh, man, uh, I just, Amir Garrett just uh, tweeted out, or maybe he's on Instagram, said that uh, he's going to be streaming our game tonight. And I'm going to give you one guess as to what game, and you may have seen the tweet, but uh, what game uh, Amir Garrett's going to be streaming tonight and why my son was excited about it. So this is a game that your son has been playing a lot. He and, and his, now Amir. Yeah, my son is fifteen. Okay, just turned fifteen, and uh, he and his his uh, other buddies around the same age are all been. We've gotten obsessed with this uh, this PlayStation game. Uh, Dance Revolution Two. <laughs> no, I'm the one that's obsessed with that one. Dance Dance Revolution. Sorry. <laughs> uh, the answer is Monopoly. 
What? Exactly. He's going to play Monopoly. He, he's going to play Monopoly on a video game console and stream it. It's going to be on Twitch tonight, man. You need to watch it. You know, I, I, that's, I, I mean, I have enough trouble watching somebody else play video games, uh, but yeah, I don't see. But that. I think watching him play a video game version of a board game. I tell you, man, my my son and his buddies they are, they are nuts about it. Well, I can see it'd be fun for kids to play with each other and that kind of thing and talk on online and that that could be cool. Yeah, I mean, it's not that much different than sitting around the an actual board game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's the best you can do. Uh, did they? Uh, I, who is he going to play like six different people and like somebody gets to be the the, the shoe and? I, I, yeah, I, I think that he was uh, opening it up for people to 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 play with him, play that game with him. And my son thought it was crazy because just about a week and a half ago, he and his buddies all decided they were. It's like you know, four ninety nine on the PlayStation yeah, Store, right, you know? right. and so they all got it and thought, oh, this is going to be hilarious. And then they got really obsessed with it. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Which didn't actually surprise me as much as you would think, because we uh, went on vacation this summer with another family, and uh, so we had you know four teenagers and a couple uh, almost teenagers in the house, and uh, and that's what they spent their evenings doing, playing Monopoly. So, well, it's, it's a fascinating game. It is. Yeah, it does. All right, Chris, I guess that's about all we can talk about uh, here today. Unless you've got something else you want to add. I'm trying to get... Uh, no, stay frosty, everybody. Exactly. All right. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Everywhere you find podcasts, we're there. Go to redlegnation.com. Talking about the Reds every day since uh, 2005. That's crazy. Over 15 years now. And uh, if you want to support the podcast with a few dollars, you know, whatever. I don't, I'm don't. i not trying to push that on anybody, but it's at patreon.com slash redlegradio. We do have a really great group that have supported the podcast, and, and they're fun to talk uh, to, except for, for uh, Joe Farsing, who really gets on my last nerve. So for uh, for Chris, <laughs> the worst, for Chris Garber and Clint from Dazed and Confused, this is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. For the ones who get it done. The most important part is the one you need now, and the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.